Hello, welcome back to the Sam Antics podcast. He's Matt, I'm Sam. He wants to make a match and I've got to match them all. And that's just the way it is. about that is nobody's gonna get it except us <laughs> i mean it's a cleverly veiled pokemon reference but we can't go into no. why we find that hilarious oh my god oh you nearly killed me oh hello sigura hello oh. welcome back welcome back <laughs> to the sam antics podcast um episode 50 <laughs> 53? 53. Oh, God, I'm going to be laughing at that all day now. There we go. Oh, and when you do the edit as well. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm going to, yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, well, let, let's get the laughs out of the way, Sir Robert, um, because we do have to briefly talk seriously for a minute. This is new for us almost. It is. Okay. It is. Um, so. Obviously, when we record these podcasts, we record them a week in advance. So we record today. Yep. We're recording on a Tuesday today because I need time to edit because I'm away this weekend. Uh, but it won't go out until the following Monday. Um, mm-hmm. So as of the date of recording yesterday, it was Queen Elizabeth II's funeral. Um, yeah. And, uh, well, I mean... <sighs> What what can I say? It was a day. What a day it was. What a day. It was almost like we didn't... What's the best way to say? It didn't seem real mm. until the end of that funeral. And we thought, well, hang on until, a minute. Until, yeah, until I watched her go, actually go down in the in George Chapel. I, I yeah. I don't think it was denial, but I just thought it was another event. And then it took to actually see her be gone. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. There were some pretty hard, hard-hitting moments. Um, I mean, I, I watched it pretty much from, like, 10 o'clock until, like, yeah. 5, half 5. But Same. one of the, one of the uh, moments for me was... Uh, there was two. There was one where they were singing "God Save the King," and it zoomed in on Charles's face, and you could see he was crying. Yeah, yeah, he'd been dabbing his eye throughout much of the ceremony, but at that particular moment, it, that was when, um, yeah, you you saw the raw emotion from the king. Yes, and the last bit for me, which really tipped me over the edge. Is um, I don't know if you could recall, Sir Robert. There was a there was a solo bagpipe player um, oh, yes. at St George's Chapel, and what he did at the Queen's request, I believe, was mm-hmm. he was playing the bagpipes as he was walking away. So the yep. music was getting softer and softer and softer until eventually you couldn't hear it. Yeah. Um, and that was hard hitting, and also the fact that they took all the stuff off the off the coffin like her you know the the, the crown jewels that well you know were hers like 
no 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 one will ever wear that crown again until there's another queen like until charlotte probably yeah so it's um possibly possibly so it's it was a very emotional day and something ridiculous like 5.2 billion people watched it around the world um and and what a send off said Robert. with no one does pageantry like the uk do they no, it's, no it i think insane. the, the... The touching thing for me was seeing the armies of the Commonwealth, seeing the flags as she made her way from Westminster Abbey um, through down the Mall, past Buckingham Palace. Um, it's just seeing the crowds that turned up, seeing celebrities, seeing celebrities and foreign leaders and people in power in this country. Uh, whether that be in the public eye or in the office, rubbing shoulders with the public for possibly the first time, um, truly rubbing shoulders with the public, um, I found it touching. And, you know, David Beckham was the one that sticks out for all of us, I believe, where he queued with people. He chatted with people in the queue. He got there at, like, 2 a.m. in the morning. Um, Yeah. And didn't go through until like two PM that afternoon. And he was offered he was offered that opportunity as well yeah, to skip yeah, the queue. But he said his grandfather would never forgive him if he was to do that. Um, yeah. And he truly, truly, we see him at football matches occasionally, sitting with people, but you never truly see a celebrity of his magnitude. At one point, he was the most famous person on the planet. Before we knew truly what a celebrity in this new age of tv etc is he rubbed shoulders and stayed with the public and that to me is something that we are never truly going to see again and it's more it was more than just a funeral is what i believe in a way and i think that's what she wanted i think that's why she orchestrated it in the way that she did as well because a lot of what we saw it was a, celeb- was a celebration doing. of her life, wasn't it? It wasn't a sad event. It was, you know, there was some, like, the music was quite upbeat when they were walking, mm. for example. Um, Again, she requested that, I believe. Yeah, all the... Her and Charles sat down and they planned most of what happened. Yeah. That we saw, she planned it. Yeah. So, so there we go. We, we now have a king, King Charles III. And um, God save the king. I don't have anything to add other than um, I think we both had remarks, didn't we, that that stuck out of us from the day. Well, this is true, Sir Grover. So I, I've made a, um, I've made a, uh, I've got two here that I jotted down. Um, mm-hmm. For me, one of the one of the facts that we will probably in our lifetime never sing "God Save the Queen" yeah. again. Um, and so that was very hard hitting. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's the same national anthem, just minus a different word. But that's not the point. Um, and. But I saw this on social media and I thought it was the perfect way to end the whole mourning period that we've had for her. 
Um, yeah. And that was all the king's horses and all the king's men have reunited Queen Elizabeth II and her Prince Philip again. And I thought that was really lovely. Obviously, the the, the, yeah. the nursery rhyme. Um, it's powerful. It is very powerful, Sigur. Very powerful. I think the th- the one for me was um, right at the end. About it must have been about five o'clock, half past five. Um, where they were actually the BBC were ending their commentary of it. Um, the newscaster said she made history, and she is history. Oh, uh, was that uh, Kirsty Young? On yeah. yes, she, you could tell she was getting a bit of the older. She was emotional. Yeah, about that. but she kept it together really well. I thought. I mean, I know they're yeah. professionals. And can I just say as well, we need to say this right. I know exactly. What you're you you know exactly what I'm going to say. This. Yeah, yeah. If Hugh Edwards does not get a knighthood after this, honestly, he how he has been a staple of the British people over the last fortnight. Um, God, yeah, incredible, absolutely incredible man. Very nice, honestly. Very nice Welsh tone. It was just the way that he, his commentary alone made us understand more of what was going on, rather than just filling time. Which, unfortunately, that's not what people tend to do when they're sort of commentating on these sorts of things. But he gave us facts. He gave us truths. He gave us insight and all the while remember remember back to when we actually found out the news of her passing Hugh Edwards kept it together he was and he did again I've, at the funeral. I've watched all the different broadcasters announce her death and to me Hugh Edwards was the only one that not professional, because obviously they're all professional. Mm. They're professional people in what they do. But Hugh Edwards was the most clearest. It was yeah. um, the most well said. Um, the only one that comes second to that is uh, actually CBBC. Uh, do you remember Newsround, Sir Grubber? Yeah. Um, so Newsround is obviously is their target audiences for kids. And Newsround obviously had to break it as well on the CBBC channel. And uh, the person who did that did it in a very good way that kids would understand. There was none of this trying to make it, you know, say it how it is, make it, you yeah. know. It was it was very well said. Um, but yeah, Hugh Edwards has just uh, kept us all together, so hasn't he, over the last two two weeks? A hundred percent. A hundred percent he has. Um but anyway, we don't want to spend the whole podcast, um, you know, on the on the subject. Um, yeah. So we will move on. But um, yeah, I've got nothing. I've got, I've got nothing to. Say. I don't know what to say. Um, I think it's just important for us to have the closure that we did yesterday, and moving on from that closure. Um, We'll move on to the rest of the podcast. And Matt Dyer, how have you been this week? Oh well, so good. It's been uh, been been uh, a weird week. Um, so I found, as you know, I found my old USB hard drive <laughs> that yeah. that has 
a lot of old stuff from when we first started Sauron Antics back in 2012 slash 13. Now, we <laughs> we will be posting this, some of this stuff on the socials. Some of it. Yeah. Um, Other parts, definitely not. No. Um, but yeah, it's just so funny. Like, we're just driving around. Um, there was some stuff from our underground challenges we'd done, uh, yeah. Tube Challenge, uh, that famous picture of you at Turnham Green, so Grubber pointing to the sign. Yeah. <laughs> Looking very, very, Look, very, very, very tired because we had not slept. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, got a lot of stuff from that. And that was uh, that was really good. I was really pleased that we still got that. And it, it brought back a lot of memories from, um, obviously, what we, what we did then. Mm. Um, other than that, not a lot really happened, so Grubber. Um getting through the week obviously it's short week so far because it's only tuesday <laughs> i've only been at work one day um but yeah that's about it really uh Segura. yes how the devil have you been this week i'm gonna i'm gonna take your lead from last week my daughter okie dokie we had a brief conversation before the podcast recording and I said, you know, I don't know whether to answer the question properly or give the answers and questions to, to the sort of extent that I usually do when you ask me. Yes. But last week, I think you kind of you've inspired me to actually say the truth mm. because I think it might actually help people. Um, I think I'm feeling out of control and I'm slowly getting back in control, but I think I, I've, I've looked back over the last couple of weeks or month really. And I could see, I can see points where I've made decisions where I chose the wrong option and it's led to a chain of events that have brought myself my mental health and my physical health down um and you know i've just noticed that i've been drinking more throughout the not throughout the week but do you know what i mean i've been drinking more often than i usually would i've not been keeping an eye on my um my food intake is for example like what i'm eating and things like that my menus and things i've not been doing that when I usually would. Um, I've been forcing myself to work longer. I've not been exercising as much as I do normally. Uh, I've not been wanting to go out on my walks and things. And I've I've hit a point where I've caught, sort of caught myself. I've caught myself and kind of shaking myself back to actually engaging. And I've not had a I've not. I've been stopping myself from taking the easy option, the easy option of numbing, of hiding, of finding, of choosing the meals that take twenty minutes to make, start to finish, for example, rather than actually having something more nutritious that takes twenty minutes longer to cook, or choosing to read rather than go down pub with a friend. Um, 
because I realized that I am losing myself again. And I'm not saying that for effect or saying that for anything. I'm saying this because it's easy and it's okay for that to happen. But the important thing is to notice it happening like I have and make the smaller changes to make the longer changes happen. Um, for example, with the idea of, you know, drinking more regularly is, is if someone says I've had a really bad day, let's go to the pub, turn around and say no. Whereas like you, you knew from last week, someone said that to me and I, I instantly went out to the pub with them. Um, because I needed to numb what was going on around me. I needed to numb my brain. I needed to numb myself. But I realized that that wasn't a need. It was an escape. And rather than sit with my emotions and wipe my way through them, I chose that option. Friday night, for example, I forced myself to work. And I worked in the office until 7 o'clock, which is two hours after I did a 10-hour day when I didn't need to do a 10-hour day at all. I was just doing it because I didn't want to go home. I didn't want to be in my flat. I was hiding. And now I've realized that the amount of hiding I've been doing over the past few weeks is the reason why I'm not in a good, as good a place as I should be or would have been. And not doing the things that I usually do has, again, made me be in this position. And this is the important message from this is it is okay to allow yourself vices and allow yourself escapes but when those escapes become toxic and harmful to your overall well-being it is important to find yourself catch yourself and shake yourself back to your routine and structure and yeah that's honest that's my honest pin uh, honest thing of how I've been this week obviously there have been struggles with being sad about watching the funeral and things like that um which obviously when you factor that in because it's something that I like for example I've only ever been to a funeral by watching the funeral on a tv screen and I don't have any grandparents anymore so it's brought back it brought a lot of feelings back knowing that I was gonna have to do that again but other than that, I'm actually in right now, as of today at this recording, I'm the best I've been in weeks. And that's something that I'm happy with and proud of. Other than that, all good? <laughs> yeah, like I said, other than that, all good. Excellent. Well, Sigoro, we've got a lot to cover this podcast, so let's... Uh, let's crack on. Let's crack on. Now, Matt Dyer has been a very busy bee this week. So, without any further ado, what have you been up to? Well, Sakuba, uh, I have created, with your approval, obviously. Of course. Um, 
the Saruman Antics podcast now has a Twitch channel. Um, and so for those that you don't know, Twitch is a online live streaming platform. Um, and the, the reason I've done this is because... Sam and I were trying to think of different ways to expand the podcast and engage engage the audience more. Um, and so I thought about... Well, there's two different things that we're going to probably try and do eventually with uh, the Twitch. Um, mm. So I think we may have mentioned this before, um, that Sam and I both enjoy playing certain video games. Um, yep. and so we were going to, we're going to use the Twitch platform to stream us playing games and commentating over the games in a comedic sound antics style. In the only way we know how. Yes. Um, actually we are quite good at some games, so, you know, it's not going to be a complete disaster. And yep. the second reason is that we want to start eventually live streaming the podcast, um, mm. with face cams. Yeah. Um, uh, the reason we're going to do that is because part of the function of Twitch is that you can have a live chat kind of audience um, where you, you your audience that are watching you can can chat in the chat <laughs> in the chat. They got rust. And you know we can we can talk to them. They can give us challenges um, and stuff like engage. that. Like like for example, one of the ideas that I have had. Well, I, we've had is while we're doing a story or something similar to how we do like random reddit radio so we're doing a story we're in the middle of the story or we're, we're interacting with each other you could chuck words to us while we're doing something and it can just add it just adds to it just adds to the podcast in a way that we can't do traditionally i think it's the best way to describe it when you say yeah we want more of a or audience participation in the sense of, you know, we and Sam and nice, I just talking. As we're doing it. Yeah. Um, that's not because we're lazy and we haven't got stuff to talk about. It's because we want to give back to you. We, you know, we mm -hmm. want we want you to get involved with the podcast because you we wouldn't have the podcast without you. Um, yeah. You we, listening to this right now. <laughs> and we've kind of hit a point where we, we do have a bit of a... We never, we, we never sort of boast about ourselves in that way but we we do feel as though we have a platform and we want that platform to be able to interact not just with us necessarily but with each other as well and this is the best way to do that we think yeah um so to give people a kind of introduction of what twitch is and how twitch works in the live streaming sense um we interviewed my cousin um the other day um, and he does live streaming of different games that he plays. And so we thought we would interview him and we can all learn just a little bit more about how live streaming works. So, uh, Lee, thank you for, thanks for coming on. You're um, welcome. So I guess the first thing to ask is... What is streaming, and uh, how did you first get into it? Okay, um, streaming. Basically, you go 
get a camera or a recording software. You go on the internet and you play a game or talk from camera, and that's literally all streaming is. That that is it. That's the big thing. Nice. Uh, um, how do I get into streaming? The thing is, I actually don't know how I'm streaming. I used to want to do YouTube, like um, the the Oxcast. Yeah. And um, I quickly realised that. Uh, YouTube requires a lot of kind of editing and work, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not about that. No. <laughs> so I decided, let's just do streaming. That'll be good enough for me, and that's it. Fair enough. And um, what, so what games do you stream at the moment, and and what pl- platforms do you stream that on? Okay, uh, all of my content that I create is on PC now. Um, I used to try and stream on console, but it was just way too fiddly and internet's unreliable for that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I tend to stream mostly at the moment horror kind of related games. I find that they are the most kind of interactive games you can play. Yeah. Um, I used to play a game called Ark, um, but that's about it at the moment. And um, obviously with the streaming, it's, it's all done through the internet um and you do you do have an audience that watch you um as you're playing the game so how do you when you're streaming how do you interact with your with your audience okay um well when you're streaming you have this thing called a uh, video producer through twitch yeah so normally you'd have that on like a phone or on a second monitor and that will give you everything every bit of information you could possibly need about your stream so Say I'm streaming for an hour and then the viewership drops at a certain point. I'll know yep. in the future that probably that thing that I'm doing isn't really good for uh, an audience. Okay. So people normally talk and it will come through probably about five seconds after someone's typed. I'll get that message through my monitor. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, this one isn't really to do with streaming, but I, I mean, it is game related um is there a is there a game that you've played over the years that you you didn't expect to enjoy um but you ended up actually enjoying it oh um do you know what i actually think that um arc was one of the games that i didn't think i'd ever enjoy okay it's, it seemed very kind of it seemed a bit too minecrafty for me and i i liked minecraft because it was simple yeah. But then, obviously, Ark has loads of different webs that go off everywhere, and you, you can do anything you want. So can I you, thought I'd hate that. Can you just briefly explain what Ark is, and like what kind of game it is, and, and what you do? Um, Ark is kind of it's a survival game. Um, you basically start naked on a beach, you know, as you do. Yeah, as and, you... You... <laughs> and you have to build tools and then clothes. And then you tame dinosaurs and you go and kill other... It's basically just a sandbox game where you can just do what you want. That's okay. kind of it. Um, is there a... Do you have like a guilty pleasure game that you like playing but maybe don't stream because it's a bit, you know, um, bit on the weird side? It, ooh, weird. Okay. Um, the Sims 4 is probably my guilty pleasure game. I have a long lineage of children on that game. 
which we do not need to go into further. <laughs> that is that is all. Fair enough. Um, back back to the streaming. Uh, what would you say to someone if if someone's listening um, and maybe they're interested in in the whole streaming side? Um, that maybe they're quite a nervous person or they have a lot of self doubt. Is there something you would say to to reassure them on on, on streaming? I think if you're nervous, it's going to be very, very difficult. Like, yeah. especially if you're kind of quite self-conscious about yourself in general. Um, I think what I would say is if you are going to try streaming, definitely go without a camera first, because that's how you kind of focus on more about what you say rather than how you look. So it's a lot easier to kind of feel more confident when you're hidden behind a screen. And that's how I started off. So I definitely say that. And uh, finally, really, um, if if people want to watch you, uh, where can the listeners of the podcast? Where can they find you? Um, well, obviously not your address where they can find <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, I'll give you them know. my address. Um, you can find me on Twitch.tv/slash Koality. That's K Z K O A L A T three A. Very Quality good. with a three instead of an E, basically. Good stuff. Good stuff. Now, obviously, I, I've um, I've been following you. Uh, well, sorry, no, that's the wrong word. I haven't been following you. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I've been spying on you. No, I've. Um, what's the word? I've been I've been watching your streams since you yep. pretty much started on Twitch, and they've they've just they've definitely gone up in sort of you know how you started off and and how you are now you've obviously just passed the 100 followers mark you've got a few subscribers um so you know keep at it i will continue to watch when i'm not doing podcast stuff yeah you've obviously you as as we both know you've got quite a little community um following you now as well on both on the twitch and uh, we've got like a kind of community thing on on the discord going yeah um so yeah it's just it's really good to see and just you know keep going it provides much entertainment to (laughs) my evenings so (laughs) exactly that yeah Yeah. cool well that's pretty much it thanks for coming on and uh, i dare say we'll we'll now hand back to Sakuba with you know some kind of story. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. What. I think we've got. A, I think we've got a new story this week. So okay. Well, well, I don't know what it is yet. Um, <laughs> so let's hand over to Sakuba, and he will tell us the beginning and what this new story that he has is all about. Well, we haven't done this for a while, so grow up. Oh, no. This, uh, so oh, I know. Last... I know. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. So we finished our last story, thank Christ. Uh, yeah. Confessions of a Twitch girl. streamer, girl, whatever. Um, so we're going to have a new story. And to do so, we're going to have to go over the Bridge of Banter and visit our friend Sam Cropper. In our section, 
Story Time with Samuel Thomas Cropper. Bloody hell, don't form name me on the podcast. Right, someone's going to make a passport of me. Now, before I jump into this, Matt Iyer, um, so I'll give you the title of, of, um, of this story. Yes. But I want you to get Google up on your phone, just for a second. On my phone? Yes. Or on your laptop, whichever is easiest for you. But, and I want you, the listeners, to do the same. So the title is Parents. Watch out for Baby Shark. And what I want you to do is type into Google Yellow Baby Shark Toy. Okay, and click on images so you can actually see uh, the toy in question. And while you are looking at that and listening to this this story i want you to think about that shark okay (laughs) without further ado here we go uh sally baker's ringing me uh sp sc i'll put her in her place hello you are live on the sama antics podcast please do not swear can i call you back we're just recording hello miss baker hello welcome back thanks (laughs) bye Hello, welcome back. <laughs> right. Okay. I am ready. Like many new parents, I first became acquainted with the various Baby Shark melodies through autoplay on YouTube. My daughter, Maya, was only two weeks old when we went through a rough bout of colic. I tried to soothe her by rocking, swaddling and cluster feeding, but nothing worked. On one particularly difficult night, I felt like I was losing my mind. So I searched for baby songs online and just picked the first playlist that popped up. I continued to walk around the room, rocking her to the rhymes of the familiar childhood songs like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, Itsy Bitsy Spider and others. The playlist didn't stop her from crying, but it cheered me up a little and drowned out my fussy baby's relentless screams. Then... Something miraculous happened. The slow version of Baby Shark came on, and Maya stopped crying. She gazed up at the ceiling with an awed expression, a tiny mouth twitching a little. The first hint of a smile. From that day on, my daughter loved everything Baby Shark, including alternative versions like Halloween Sharks, Santa Shark, and so on. Are they things? Apparently so. It was around this time that my parents took a trip to South Korea. Apart from soaking their bones in Busan's hot springs, they spent a lot of time walking the... And this, apologies for the pronunciation of this. Hyundai Promenade. Sorry? Exploring unique food stalls and... Oh, you're not, not going <laughs> to read it again, no? Okay. No, no. Um, if you, do, do we spell it out? It sounded like you said Hyundai. That's how it pronounced. That's how it sounds. H A as in the car. Yeah, H A E U N D A E. Oh, Hyundai. You crack on sausage. Uh, Exploring unique food stalls and street shops. At one of these shops, they found a yellow baby shark toy. 
they bought it off the local vendor in a heartbeat, happy to have found a souvenir for, for their tiny granddaughter. To say it was love at first sight is to say nothing at all. My daughter's first laugh was at her plushy friend. She knew who Baby Shark was before she recognised the words like Mama and Dada. We sleep trained her one night, in one night, thanks to his soft, pillow-like texture. When she first rolled over, it was to get closer to the toy because he'd slipped out of reach. My daughter is just over a year now. And for every major milestone, vacation trip, and family photo session, Baby Shark has never left her side. It was super cute at first. Lots of, baby, lots of babies have their lovelies, and it's a great relief to parents when there's a surefire way to stop crying like with a toy or, or a cartoon. However, I began to notice some weird things about the toy. Like, it was almost never where I thought I'd left it. At first, I didn't pay much attention, because whenever I would start crying, I'd just be relieved that Baby Shark was within an arm's reach. When she grew out of her fussier phase, I realised he was never in a different room from my daughter. This was weird because I'd pick her up and carry her around to different rooms for diaper changes, baths, playtime and mealtimes. My husband blamed mumbrain, and I rationalised it that way. Like with all her milestones, we were super excited when Maya first started babbling. But my joy quickly turned to dread when I watched videos of other newborns' first babbles. They were primitive attempts at making P, B and M noises. My daughter sounded like she was actually talking with an intonation scale, sometimes accompanied by laughter and hand-waving. All of this at just four months. As you may have guessed, she only ever babbled at Baby Shark. Once again, my husband thought I was just being paranoid. We have a genius baby, and you'll trust trying to hate. He'd say. I kept my suspicions to myself at that. Sometimes I'd check the baby monitor after bedtime and see the toy glowing like a yellow nightlight, only to blink and find everything that looked normal a second later. During the day, I often felt like I was being watched particularly if I went breaking mum, allowing too much screen time, cussing out, uh, browsing social media instead of playing with Maya or doing chores. Whenever I did anything like that, I'd feel the unusual prickle of mum guilt. Sorry, I'd feel the usual prickle of mum guilt. And then something more sinister. I'd look up and I'd see Baby Shark nearby staring me down. Whenever this happened, small punishments would follow. Like I'd stub my toe or crack my phone screen, nip myself shaving. It was never serious and just maybe it was a coincidence, but it sure didn't feel like one. I was severely creeped out. Was this some weird hallucinatory uh, strain of postpartum depression I needed to get a grip the stay at home parenting was finally taking its toll 
two months ago, my husband went away on a business trip to San Diego. I was so not in the mood to handle a teething baby on my own for a week. I switched on YouTube, put my own baby shark into the playpen in front of the TV so I could get some tidying up done. Popping in my AirPods, I busied myself with housework while listening to a podcast, possibly even a Sam Antics podcast. Was it the <laughs> Well played. Well played. <laughs> I check in with Maya every five to ten minutes to make sure that everything was okay. And she was just fine, entranced by the screen, safely secured in her play area. I'll admit that I took longer to clean than was strictly necessary. I finished up by taking out the rubbish. Just as I was going back inside, a college friend called me. A girl we'd housed a girl we'd housed with had just posted a trashy picture on Facebook and my friend wanted me to see it before it got deleted. I was glued to my phone for a good 20 minutes after that, gossiping like a little, little silly schoolgirl. When finally, when I finally got back into the living room, I had the usual pang of guilt. I didn't want to look, but he was right there. Baby Shark's stitched black eyes bore into me, accusing me of being a selfish, inattentive mother. And I got really angry. Enough was enough. Why was this stupid toy making me get defensive when I'd done nothing wrong? I grabbed the stupid thing and took upstairs to the nursery, delighted in slamming the toy chest shut on his goofy, toothy grin. I hesitated before going back downstairs half convinced I'd find the yellow fiend back in the same spot. But Maya's ways, wails from the living room assured me she didn't have a friend by her side. My daughter was hysterical, but I'd had enough. It was getting ridiculous. She should be able to get through an evening without a silly shark toy. Maya's attachment to the thing was just unhealthy at this point. After a giant tantrum, she finally did calm down. We had dinner, took a bath, read her favourite bedtime book, and I put her to bed. Without Baby Shark. It was like the colic had come back in full swing. Went back downstairs, and sh as she screamed and screamed, I decided to let her cry out, just this once. I was furious with Baby Shark for having so much pull, but more honestly, I was disgusted with myself and my shitty behaviour that day. After a few minutes of self-reflection, I understood that I was mistreating my daughter because of some utterly bizarre insecurities. I was about to go back into the nursery and re reunite with Maya, with her lovely. When I glanced at my worst nightmare had come to life on the baby monitor. No amount of horror movies scary stories or news reports can prepare you for the sight of your infant child in grave danger. The terror that coursed through my body made me realise that I would endure a thousand more tantrums, relish in the worst teething nights, wash up countless diaper blowouts with a smile on my face, if only I could prevent the abduction taking place before my eyes. There was a tall, dark figure standing at the foot of her bed, 
trying to grab Maya as she darted around her crib cot. Luckily, she'd already learned to walk while holding on to something, so the intruder was struggling to get a hold of her. There was no time to call for help. I sprinted upstairs into Maya's nursery. Without even thinking, I grabbed the hall lamp and flung it at the stranger's head as soon as I entered the room. I'd only grazed him, but the distraction caused him to stumble backwards, buying me a split second to shove the creep further away, grab Maya, and run out. I could feel the pursuing hot on my heels until I got to the head of the stairs and he tripped behind us. The last thing I heard was the man screaming as I ran down the stairs out of the house. I jogged over to the neighbour's next door with Maya crying in my hands. The police discovered a peculiar scene in our house. The man had gone, but there were signs of a bloody struggle in the hallway upstairs. I was allowed to go inside and fetch some of Maya's things so we could stay with my parents while the police investigated the crime scene. A senior detective escorted me, asking to elaborate some questions about our day. He asked if I'd recognised the man, but I hadn't. I'd barely gotten a glimpse, and he seemed entirely ordinary. No one would think twice about if I'd met him on the street or not. Only after answering all of the detective's questions did I realise I'd forgotten to lock the front door while I was taking the rubbish out. The intruder must have slipped inside while I was on the phone and gone upstairs to hide in one of the closets. What he planned to do from then on is made clear by the contents of a bicycle bag, which he dropped. Police officers found duct tape, a carving knife, and one of Maya's old onesies inside. One we'd given away to charity weeks ago. A pale-faced officer emerged from the nursery as the detective and I approached. You'll, you'll need to see this, sir, he said, swallowing loudly. The detective allowed me to enter the nursery, where two other policemen were lying flat on the floor, shining their torches underneath Maya's crib cot. A crime scene photographer dropped down to take some shots of the mysterious scene. As soon as he'd finished, one of the officers pulled a large, mangled foot from under the bed. The room fell into a hushed amazement. Um, does, uh, d does, does that look like it's been chewed off? The senior detective looked completely bewildered. I didn't need to see any more. I quickly gathered Maya's things and looked for Baby Shark. For once, he had remained in the right place, inside the toy trunk. And there was, there was a slight difference, but I paid no mind to it. Nothing a little cold water and ammonia couldn't handle. <laughs> Cute shark toy. Young officer commented as I walked out of the room. Love the blood spatter pattern all over it. <laughs> Thanks, I called back as I went to rejoin my parents and Maya downstairs. Please, dear parents, if your child happens to have this toy, don't be suspicious. Don't be afraid. Watch out for Baby Shark, and I guarantee he'll watch out for your little ones in return. At the end, yeah, that's the end. Oh, I have questions. Okay. Uh... So, baby shark is a real shark. Uh, baby shark appears to be a possessed shark. Yes. Yes. Who likes to uh, eat eat foots? 
to protect um, the owner of the shark. Yes. Yes. Oh, it's all kicking off, so good, isn't it? I know, it's a shame it's a one-parter, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, there you go. If you, uh, if you need someone to look after your child, mm. get a baby shark. Get a yellow baby shark. Also, uh, we had this... Uh, I briefly mentioned that this was a topic um, to you earlier, and I really am 90% sure that I gifted someone a yellow baby shark plushy like plush animal toy thing. i think you should probably check in with glenn and see if it was you i might have to check in with special guest glenn and see if it was ruby that i gave it mm. <laughs> and that not all we've got time for this week. Oh, I like that signal. That's a new one. <laughs> it's time, Sigura, for our favourite part of the podcast, the dramatic reading. Um, now, I should explain, oh. last week, we Sam joined in with the rendition of My Immortal. And yep. while I was editing, I had this really good idea that I would put... Um, when I was looking through the Sam Antics videos that I found, uh, there was also some old recordings that I had done on the old Pia Pia Piano. And so I... Ivory keys. Indeed, indeed. So I found the My Immortal one that I had recorded. And I thought, what if I edit the us talking the words, but put it with the, with the music? And, well, so it sounded uh, pretty good, didn't it? <laughs> it sounded incredible. Incredible. Unfortunately, it was a problem. Yes, unfortunately, the Acast Creator Network, like most podcast <laughs> networks, they do not allow commercial music in podcasts because we don't have permission to use it, even if it's a cover. Yeah. So obviously, I wasn't singing it, but I was covering it through the piano. But alas. You cannot do that either. So nope. uh, we'll have to find a way to... Uh... And, and we just did not fancy a day in court is the basic answer to that. Yes, I value the podcast too much to um, not have the podcast anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm. But anyway, let's not get bogged down with who's going to get a copyright claim and who doesn't. Mm. Would you like this week's uh, dramatic reading segment? I can't wait. <clears throat> Baby shark. Do, 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 oh, do, do. No, I'm, joking. <laughs> I'm joking. It's not that. It's not that. <laughs> There's not many words to that, so. Okay. Feeling the moment slip away. Losing direction. You're losing faith. You're wishing. For someone. Feeling it all begin to slide. Am I just like you? All the things you do can't help myself. There we go, Sagora. That is the uh, the first verse of the feeder classic. 
feeling a moment. Are you aware? Are you aware of their work? Feeder. Feeder. No. Oh well, I'm going to have to send you the song, Sagoro, because it's actually really good. You, you, I say what you send me that song, and I won't listen to it. Oh, well, <laughs> no fucking need for that, is there? Jesus. <laughs> Alas, that is all we do have time for this week now. But if one week is too long to wait for your Sam Antics fix, Madai, how can the lovely listeners get in touch? Well, so good, but they can uh, they can go to our Instagram page, which is at Sam Antics. They can go to our TikTok page, which is at Sam Antics. They can go to our Facebook page, which is the Sam Antics Podcast. They can go to our Twitter page, which is Sama underscore podcast. Or, new for September 2022, they can go to our Twitch page, which is... Uh, fuck. <laughs> You're doing so well. I always forget one of them. Hang on, please, dear listeners. Uh, what a palaver. I'll be with you in one second. Why can I not find this? He, he. Um, uh, you sound like a Scooby Doo ghost. He. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't find it. Um. Podcast. Oh, great heavens, Mrs. Ched, eh? Cheddar, eh? Eh? it's Sama underscore podcast, just like the Twitter. <laughs> and if you are a absolute fossil, you can always send an email. <laughs> so rude, <laughs> honestly. <Which is> no <laughs> need. <laughs> Samamantixpodcast at gmail dot com. And, and, and you can listen back to old episodes and find us. On Acast, because oh, we are Acast content creators. Oh, so cool. You need to just get over it. I will never get over it for as long as I live. I will be 80 years old saying I'm part of the Acast content creator now. Is that what it's called? Yes, it is. Mm. Acast, Acast content I've, creator. I think network. we need to go to bed, so cool. Not together, I just want to clarify. <laughs> I just mean hell. separately, because we're both done for the day. God, I really do have to match them all. <laughs> And on that bombshell, <laughs> it is time to end. No, 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 no. It's not time to end. No copyright infringement. No copyright uh, infringement. Yes. Boobs. Farewell, Sakura. All that's left to say is we'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>